Hello, it's me again with another podcast episode. It's the 3rd of November, Friday, and the flag is twisting round the pole. It's doing a hoolie, whatever a hoolie is. What is the temperature? Let's have a look on my note here. 8 centigrade. That's not much, is it? 8 centigrade. I haven't looked up the Fahrenheit yet. How remiss of me. 93% humidity. 983 millibars on the barometer. It was very low. I don't know whether you're into barometer barometric pressure. Probably not. You're saying, what's that? It was 953 millibars, extremely low. In fact, that was so low, it was mentioned on the telly on several channels, how low the pressure has been. And they did say that you can get headaches. Very high pressure, you can get a headache. A very low pressure, you can get a headache. Well, I didn't get a headache at all, (laughs) so that's all right. Let me just check what 8 Fahrenheit, no, 8 centigrade is in Fahrenheit. Hang on a second. 8 centigrade is 46 Fahrenheit. So that's that, because you only have Fahrenheit in America, don't you? One or two other places around the world. Now, the barometer, I remember as a kid, my grandfather, he tapped the glass on the barometer And if he saw someone in the street, just like Brits do, you know, oh, it's raining. What do you think of the weather? He'd say the glass is falling. And I used to think the glass, what's he on about? Or the glass is rising. That's the barometer. They called it the glass. Why it's called a glass? Perhaps because you tap the glass front. They do say don't tap the front of the barometer. We've got five. (laughs) We've got five barometers. I started collecting them a while ago. And now I'm collecting these porcelain dolls. I don't quite know why. I was going to tell you something about the latest doll I bought, but I better not. I don't think it's suitable (laughs) for family listening. Anyway, nothing wrong with her. She's a fine doll. It's just there was something attached to her. (laughs) Talking of the weather, the latest term, it's an unofficial term, is an, uh, what is it, a weather bomb. We have weather events and all these other things, and now a weather bomb. That, I believe, is, what's that? someone's dinging that I believe is where the pressure falls a certain amount within a certain time drops perhaps like a bomb I don't know but all these events anyway lots of you hundreds hundreds of you I think about three of you from America said how did you get on in the storm was it Karen or Kieran or something the storm we've just had well it was all night which night was it the other night I can't remember which night I kept getting out of bed and having a look out of the window. The wind was pretty fierce, but I don't think it was gale force. The rain was the worst part of it, lashing on the window. I opened the window at one stage. I thought I should record this so people can hear it. But the rain lashed in through the window. I nearly got blown away back into the room. So I closed the window. Well, actually, it almost closed itself with a bang. So I thought, well, I can't record that. The only thing we've had here was... A lake, well not a lake, a little pond in the garden down the end. There's a low bit of ground. That soon disappeared in the morning. Just north of Worthing Central Railway crossing gates, there was a flood. And what it is, what's caused it is, do you know what I'm going to say? It's the council's fault. All the drains are clogged up. Do you remember in the old days, you'd have the big lorry come round with a chap on it and he'd, he'd put this huge pipe down the drain and it would suck out all the water and all the muck and like that. He'd put the drain cover back and he'd go along to the next one. I haven't seen one of those drain cleaning lorries for years. In fact, I can't remember when I last saw one. 
In our road, I just can't remember. Or anywhere, not just our road. I was chatting to some local nerds on the radio the other day, radio hams, amateurs, and I asked them about it, and they all said the same. I haven't seen one of those for years. That's the council's fault. What is wrong with the council? There's floods everywhere. What happened down the, uh, by the crossing gates? There was a chap there. He knew where the drain was, or he found out where it was, and he rummaged with his hands, and he pulled all the leaves and that off the drain, and eventually the water started swirling away. And in fact, the water cleared the muck out of the drain. It washed it all into the sewer. Do you find this interesting? <laughs> I'm just thinking, you're probably having a dinner and I'm talking about dirty sewers and things. Anyway, there we are. I just wanted to mention that and blame the, the council. There have been roofs blown off houses, trees down. There's a tree down not too far from us various other uh, weather events and bombs and things going off. In the main, I think we're through it all now. So we're now preparing for whatever they're going to throw at us next. Was it Storm Louise or Louis or something? Someone mentioned on the telly this morning. I don't know. But I shall let you know <laughs> when we have our next weather event. If you're interested, and I'm sure you are, just type into Google Worthing Flood and you'll probably see. And you'll see in the video if you look at the background, a shop called Fellers. And that's my hairdresser chap. His shop didn't get flooded, fortunately. I don't know whether any others did down there. So have a look in uh, Google, Worthing Flood, and you might find it. And you can see my hairdresser's shop. That'll make your day, won't it? <laughs> Happy days. Oh, that reminds me, for those of you who showed an interest, I am making my video about Worthing. I walked around Worthing in the summer, various parts of it. And I just recorded on my phone your video. Uh, at some stage, I want to do a little bit more. At some stage, I'll put it all together, though. By the way, I didn't tell you the time, did I? It's 20 past 10. And we've got blue sky. Rather nice. The cherry tree's moving. The flag is now yeah, a little bit of wind from the west. Seems to have calmed down now. I think the storm has gone out into the North Sea. What I did wonder about in the night, the other night when the storm was here is the ships in the English Channel. All the shipping, that's the busiest shipping lane in the world. And I did wonder, you know, are they all okay out there <laughs> getting rocked about on the ocean? I'm sure they were okay. I mean, some of these huge oil tankers and container ships, they're massive, aren't they? I don't suppose they rocked at all. They're, they're that big. Oh, by the way, if you hear any strange noises in the background, we have our eight-year-old grandson staying with us for a week. Trish did say to him, right, Grandad's recording a podcast, so don't make any noises. But I, <laughs> I have heard he's in the room next to mine. He calls that his room whenever he stays. So if you hear any squeaks or anything, as I have heard, then uh, that explains it. That's the grandson. I mentioned the other day, didn't I? Was it the midweek message or last Sunday? I can't remember. I doubt you can remember either. <laughs> This weather stuff. In the old days, I was saying that uh, they'd say, oh, it's going to be 30 degrees or whatever it was in Fahrenheit this weekend. It's going to be a nice weekend, 30 degrees. And everyone would say, oh, that's good. Oh, we'll go down the beach. Oh, we'll go out for a picnic in the woods. These days, it's going to be 30 degrees this weekend. Take cover. Don't go out. Put a hat on. Don't go in the sun. Put on Factor 2050. Whereas back then it was just classed as a, a lovely weekend. What is going on with all this? I think it's all this, what is that new word, fear-mongering? Well, that's not so new now, is it? 
I think it's all fear-mongering. I suppose, though, thinking about it, do you remember Michael Fish in 1987? He said, oh, he was a weather forecast chap. Oh, some woman phoned the BBC and said, is there going to be a hurricane? <laughs> of course there's not going to be a hurricane. And there was. If you're out of the country somewhere in the world and you don't know about the storm, the hurricane of 87 in the UK, put that into Google. That was awful. Thousands of trees fell down, roofs blown off houses, ripped off houses. Oh, it was dreadful. 87. And of course, Michael Fish, he is now known for that. Anyone mentions hurricane? Oh, 1987. Michael Fish, he's got a reputation. <laughs> but I suppose now they're thinking, well, we don't want to repeat that. So if there is a, a weather event, a weather bomb on the way, we'll exaggerate. We'll say, well, this is going to be really bad. It's going to be terrible. Then if it isn't, People won't mind so much. <laughs> I don't know. That's just a thought, isn't it? But it is nice to get warnings. If there's going to be some severe weather, then it's nice to get warnings. I think the trouble is with the flooding. Who was it the other day on the telly was saying, we built a, a housing estate on the meadow, on what was a meadow. Now, a meadow, isn't that a bit of a giveaway? He was saying, that's a bit of a giveaway, isn't it, really? A meadow. Meadows flood. And he said, uh, there was something else he said, I can't remember what it was. Oh, well, they built a, a housing estate on some land near a river. <laughs> the land's lower than the river. Is that a bit of a giveaway that what might happen if the river bursts its banks? They don't seem to think these days. I, I think it's down to money, isn't it? Oh, let's build there, look. Build some houses there. We'll get our cash and do a runner. <laughs> and of course, when it all floods. There was a, a housing estate near to us called Goring Green. I lived there once. Goring Green. They built a load of houses. We knew it as kids as 77 acres. We called it that because there was a big sign, a big hoarding saying housing development on 77 acres. And it was there for years. No one built anything for years. And it was great to go over there on our bikes. It was right next to the railway line so we could see the steam engines going by. And then they built a housing estate there. And of course, ha! It flooded. One area of it flooded. And people say, oh, this is dreadful. Why is it flood? Well, it, it, was, it wasn't a flood plain, but there's a stream called the Rife that goes somewhere near there. Anyway, there we are. And as the chap was saying on the telly, they cover... Who are they, anyway? These people, they. It, it's good to blame them, isn't it? They. They cover everywhere with concrete. And then they're all surprised when it floods. When we moved to Goring Green, buying the house, the solicitor said, uh, I have to tell you, there's a possibility they're going to build a railway bridge not too far from your house. There's a railway station there, Goring Station. Goring by sea, they call it. And it's a mile from the sea, so I don't know why they call it that. And he said, this first uh, was proposed or whatever in 1939, so I think we can forget that. Well, they did build a bridge eventually, but not to about 30, 40 years later. There's a bridge there now, which does help the traffic. Oh, don't talk about traffic. Traffic? Stone the crows. No, I won't go on about that. I did all that last time, didn't I? You'll be saying, oh, no, not traffic again. So we shall move on swiftly. There was a lot of damage caused by that storm the other day. But fortunately, as far as I know, no one has sort of perished in the storm. When I lived in a, a little village, we lived there, not far from our place, a bungalow was struck by lightning. There were two old ladies in it and they were OK. 
Fortunately, they were okay, these poor old ladies. They're sitting in their bungalow watching telly. Next minute, half their bungalow's blown down with this lightning strike. I went to have a look at it. Awful. But they were okay. And uh, the insurance company rebuilt the bungalow. That's unusual, isn't it? Insurance company pay out. I bet the boss said, good grief, I've got to pay out of it. Oh, no. What's, what are we going to do? We'll have to sack some staff and save some money. <laughs> Who loves insurance companies? Right, no, we won't go into that. Local councils, we won't go into that. Our local council, do you know, in the summer, we'd have the road sweeper and the, the weed killer chap would come along and get rid of the weeds. You'd have the litter pickers around the town, you know, getting up bits of paper and stuff. Even the chewing gum cleaning machine would be downtown. It's all gone. I don't think... When did we last have a road... Well, they don't have road sweepers anymore, do they? They have a machine, a little lorry thing that goes past with brushes. I think I only see that once a year, if that. Of course, one problem is the parked cars. In every single road, you've got the whole thing blocked. I'm doing a Magnus Pike again, wave my arms around. The whole thing is blocked with parked cars. So what's the point? You send the road sweeper man out in his little lorry... What, 90% of the gutters of that he can't get to for cars parked there, so that's a bit of a waste of time. And in the old days, now I remember this, when I was a boy, paving slabs, if they were crooked and a trip hazard, they were fixed. Within a couple of days, the council were there, because otherwise you get someone fall over, break a leg. These days, there's paving stones wobbly and crooked and sticking up all over the place. No one says anything. That's all stopped. I do tend to wonder sometimes what our local council actually do. What are they for? I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps someone can tell me. How's your local council? Do you have a local council in America? Or some sort of local thing to keep an eye on road sweeping or whatever? Be interested to know. And Australia, of course. And everywhere else in the world. What we do in our street here locally is if there's rubbish out in the road after the dustbin have been we'll go and pick it up. If I see a, a can, a beer can or a Coke can or something rolling about in the road, I'll go and grab it and put it in our bin. That's what people used to do. I don't think so much people do that these days. I think the attitude is, well, it's not my rubbish. I didn't put it there, so I'm not picking it up, which is not really the attitude to have, is it? Not if you want to live in a nice area. We do have pretty good neighbours round here. Um, I've seen other people picking up rubbish. Sometimes when we put our wheelie bins out for the dustman, if it's windy, they'll blow over. And there's always someone that'll rush out and pick up the rubbish and put the bin back. I've done it, Trish has done it, all the neighbours have done it. That's the way to keep it nice. Because if we didn't, it would be a mess, wouldn't it? I mean, some of these adverts you see on the telly, I won't mention any countries, but... A train is going by and there's rubbish everywhere. They they tip all their rubbish into the local stream or lake or river or whatever. And it's all over the streets. Why do they do that? It looks awful. Have you seen these adverts? I forget what the advert's for. I think they want money. Yeah, they want money from you. But I've often thought if we lived in an area like that, if our road here was full of rubbish, all the neighbours would be out there. I'd be out there, Trish would, and we'd clear it up. But in some of these other countries, they just, I don't know, they just chuck it all out in the street. Isn't that odd? What is this episode all about, you're asking? I've no idea. I've entitled it a working title. I've entitled it Weather Bomb. 
because you have to save the recording as something. So I've just put weather bomb. <laughs> I don't know. What should we call it? Of course, no good my asking you because by the time you're listening to this, it'll be too late. I would have called it something. Anyway, if you do want to say anything, raise rants at protonmail.com. That would be good to hear from you. And as I've said, I do answer all emails. Sometimes it takes me a while to get through them all. But I will answer it eventually. Eventually. That was Manuel, wasn't it, from 40 Towers. Okay, see? <laughs> He's from Barcelona. That was good, 40 Towers. Now, the grandson, the eight-year-old grandson, his mum, daughter number two, she said he must do his homework with him. He has spelling tests to do. He has lines to learn for the Christmas play at school. Maths <laughs> and English and stuff. So Trish sat down with him and Trish sat down with him to do the maths, the mathematics. You call it math in America, don't you? We call it maths here. <laughs> I don't know why. Struth, I can't do that. I left the room. I said, oh, I've just, uh, do you want to help, Trish? Are you going to help? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just got to go and do something. I don't understand that. All these funny signs and formulas, formulae, formulae, stone the crows. So I came back when it was English. And the spelling test was spell great, as in what a great man you are. And he, he wrote down G-R-E-A-T, good. And then she said, because we had the fire going last night, she said, spell great as in the fire great. So he put G-R-A-T. Now the E was missing off the end. So I said, oh, you need the E, which modifies the vowel, the A. <laughs> now I've had a news flash. So you need the E, because that modifies the A, the vowel, okay? From A to A, okay? Because it's, uh, it's great, isn't it? Not grat. Anyway, Trish said, don't confuse him with all that. He said, yeah, yeah, we've done that at school. I thought, that's good. Eight years old, they've done that at school. I've no idea what I'm talking about, but it sounded good. <laughs> Happy days. Homework. Did you do homework at school? I didn't. The teachers didn't bother to set us homework in the end, us lads. There was no point. He'd say, right, this is the homework. Do that tonight. We'll have a look at it tomorrow when you bring it in. Of course, no one, well, a few did. A few boys took their homework in, but the majority of it, 90% of the class, oh, I lost it, sir. Oh, the dog had it. <laughs> the cat ate it. Oh, I did have it. it. It must have flown off my bike as I cycled to school. You know, all this rubbish. In the end, they didn't bother to give us homework. It's awful, really, because we never learnt nothing. <laughs> I, I don't know. Homework, we had a project. Did you have this at school? I was 14 years old. I mean, luckily, I left school at 14. But this is when I was still 14, just before I left. I left because I fell off my bike and ruptured my liver. That's another story. A summer project. A summer project. We don't want a summer project. Our summer project with a six weeks holiday is going over the woods, going to the pond, looking at the stickleback and the newts and stuff. Anyway, a project. You have to get a new exercise book. He handed them out. These days you have to buy your own new exercise book. Your fountain pen or your inkwell type pen. Because it was 1840 something. <laughs> Not quite. And we had to do our own project. We had to fill the exercise book with one subject. Mine was electronics. Radio, magnetism, electricity, electronics. And I hated it. I used to think, I'll do that. I'll do that in a minute. I started it. I think I got about a quarter of the way through the exercise book and I thought, oh, I just don't want to do this. 
the exercise book, it, it became the bane of my life, of that summer holiday. Every morning I wake up, oh, you know, the project, I must do the project. Anyway, luckily I fell off my bike, ripped my liver in half and went to hospital. So I didn't go back to school. What a result. That was the end of the project. Do you know what I did? As soon as I was better, I went out of the garden, lit a bonfire and threw my project books on the fire. <laughs> I remember that. My mum said, what are you doing? Oh, just burning some rubbish. It was rubbish as well. So there we are. It, what is it? An ill wind that blows no one any good or something? I don't know. No, a better one would be every cloud has a silver lining. So my ruptured liver was the cloud and not going to school again was the silver lining. <laughs> I don't know. Happy days talking of school in PE. What's that? Physical education or there was also PT, physical training. We'd go into the gym all us 40-odd boys from our class. And two or three of us, before the gym master, whatever he was called, the teacher chap came in, we'd go up the wall bars, this is in the summer, and there were windows open at the top, like sort of big hopper windows or whatever they I don't know. These windows were open because the gym used to get a bit smelly, as you can imagine. I won't go into that. We'd go up the wall bars out of the, <laughs> out of the windows and sit on the flat roof. There's a big flat roof there. We'd sit there in the sun. And we could hear all this gym stuff going on and the teacher shouting and up up the ropes oh, and all this. And this medicine, was it a medicine, medicine ball thing? Then he'd throw it at you. It weighed half a tonne. It'd knock you over. What's the point in that? And when they'd all finished, they'd all clear off out of the gym. We'd have a look. Oh, that's right. It's safe. We'd go back in through the window, down the wall bars, into the changing room. And we used to do that week in, week out. Of course, in the winter we couldn't because it was freezing outside. But that was lovely. I think it was, a, was it an hour or half an hour? An hour, I think. So we'd be sitting out there in the sunshine for an hour, getting a nice suntan and listening to all the shouting going on in the gym. Great stuff. I mustn't tell my grandson that. He might do the same. Actually, that's an idea. I'll have to tell him to listen to the podcast, see what it was like at school in the good old days when I was a boy. I think Tricia would tell me off. The funny thing is, adults tell their kids, you mustn't do this, you mustn't do that. When the adults were that age, they did it. Tricia has told me about her going to school, her times of catching the bus. Her and her friend, they'd leave the house on time, so mum thought that was okay. Off they went to the bus stop. They'd go over the park, have a cigarette, and eventually walk to school late. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher would say, where have you been? Oh, we missed the bus. Well, they missed the bus because they're sitting in the park having a fag. <laughs> That's quite funny. And they used to bunk off. She said they bunk off early in the afternoon. So all these adults do it. And yet when they talk to their kids, oh, well, you mustn't do this, you mustn't do that. And I find it funny, especially number one daughter, when she says, well, hang on a minute, mum. You've told us that's exactly what you did. You know, I got told off for this and that, and that's exactly what you did, which is true. There's no answer to that, really, is there? We went somewhere, where was it, the other morning, doesn't matter where, somewhere early in the car, and Trish said, we're, we're a bit early. All the school kids will be on their way to school. I'd forgotten that. I said, oh, well, whatever, we do it. we'll be OK. Of course, the traffic's bad, isn't it, during the school time and stuff, all these kids being dropped off. Anyway, there's a load of kids walking along the road, and these girls in their skirts, I mean, they roll their skirts up, don't they, to make them ultra short. And there's some boys the other side of the road shouting and whistling. And I said to Trish, that, that's illegal. 
It's illegal now to whistle at girls or women. If I did it, I'd get arrested. I suppose they can do it. I mean, teenagers. Girls in kind of micro skirts. And boys, teenage boys, you know, red-blooded boys. Of course they're going to shout and whistle. But it's illegal, isn't it? When I was that age, early teens, well, I left school at 14, but, you know, 13, 12, yeah, 12 even, we used to shout at the girls and they'd shout back. They'd give us back whatever we gave them. It was great fun. No one was offended. <laughs> we didn't have hurty words back then. Actually, we did. Thinking about it, we did have lots of hurty words, but no one was offended. I mean, the things we used to call each other at school, dreadful. We'd end up in jail now if we did that. I suppose that's progress, isn't it? As I said, was it last Sunday? Not allowed any fun anymore. Can't play conkers. Can't play marbles. Can't have catapults. No fun. Can't whistle at girls. <laughs> and girls can't shout at us either. They can't whistle at us. And they used to. I remember that. I remember on a Saturday going downtown with a couple of mates and we'd have girls whistling at us. Well, we were extremely good looking, obviously. I think this episode's turning out to be more about schools and weather events and weather bombs. There was a discussion on a news programme the other day, funnily enough, about schools. And they were talking about discipline. Should children be made to wear school uniform? And teachers, oh, that was it. It was something about teachers were complaining that they had to wear sort of the males would have to wear a shirt and tie rather than sort of jeans and a T-shirt that says Jimi Hendrix on it or something like that. <laughs> and the panel of whatever it was, three or four, four people, I think, they were having an argument. Some were saying, well, you should have uniforms. The kids should have a uniform and the teachers should be well turned out, you know, present themselves properly with a tie or look decent not in jeans and T-shirts and things. And I do agree, I think the kids should have a uniform because they were talking about later in life. And also, uh, children not doing things. Oh, I'm not doing that, can't be bothered. They were saying later in life, when they go out to work, the children, they get to work and they've got to look presentable. They can't turn up in an old T-shirt and jeans. In a lot of jobs, you can't anyway. And if the boss says, oh, uh, could you do so-and-so, blah, 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 Oh, no, I'm not doing that. Well, that's no good. You get the sack. Oh, no, you won't these days. They're not allowed to sack you, are they? You can't get the sack. But you see what I mean? That's no good. The school prepares you for work. <laughs> I was uh, the exception to the rule. They didn't prepare me for work. Well, actually, it did prepare me for work. I hated school so much when I got to work. I loved it. So school did me a favour. This discussion was interesting because some people say, oh, well, these days, you know, it's all modern times now. You don't have to wear a school uniform and a cap. OK, perhaps not a cap. I had a cap. I don't remember any of us lads at school wearing a cap. It was stuffed in your blazer pocket and that's where it stayed throughout the whole term, throughout the whole school year. <laughs> that's if you hadn't lost it. But they were also talking about kids wearing a uniform because... That gets rid of any class difference. They're all looking the same. You haven't got one child in second-hand clothes because their parents haven't got a great deal of money and the other kid comes in wearing his Harrods suit or something, you know. I mean, that's one extreme to the other. And someone was saying another thing that they should get rid of, these branded, so-called branded uniforms. You know, you go to the posh shop and get the posh uniform. Same thing, but it's all posh. And the other kids have got the ordinary uniforms, which are cheaper. 
Anyway, it was quite an interesting discussion. We all wore a uniform at school, and I think that was good. And our local sixth form college, they had green blazers. And they all looked very smart. The lads in their trousers, green blazers, shirt and green tie. They all looked good. And the girls looked good. I forget what they wore. I wasn't so much thinking of their clothes when I was looking at them. Anyway, moving on swiftly again. (laughs) Well, this moving on swiftly. Good grief. Just one more thing about schools. I, I know the boys love it these girls that roll up their skirts. But I don't think that should be allowed. It's not right, is it, to... I was going to say flaunt themselves. It's just a thing that some of the girls do. Not all of them, but some of them. They like to roll up their skirt and make it ultra short. I don't think that should be allowed. There's a school near us, quite a well-known school. They have long skirts, long pleated skirts, down to your ankle. And you mustn't... The rule is they mustn't be above your ankle. I think that's a good idea. I don't know. What do you think? Raise rants at protonmail.com. As I said, the boys love it, but uh, I don't think it's a good idea. Our landline phone isn't working again. I've just checked. It hasn't been working now for three days. And this has happened two or three times in the past. First of all, they said, oh, we'll send an engineer around. Then they said, oh, no, it's an area fault. Next door's phone is down as well. In the old days, when I was a boy, a lot of people didn't have a landline. They didn't have a phone at all. And there were lots of phone boxes around. But what neighbours used to do, (laughs) they'd all use someone's phone. Like if number 12 had a telephone, then all the neighbours around sort of 12, 13, 14, 10, 11, they'd all get to know, oh, number 12, old Harry over there, he's got a telephone. Can I borrow your phone, Harry? You know, they put a couple of pennies down. And our neighbour, it was awful. She said, oh, my sister who lives up in where, where was it? I don't know, somewhere in Surrey. She likes to speak to me now and then. Is it all right if she phones me once a week on your phone? And my parents went and said yes. So once a week, eight in the evening, this woman would phone up. Oh, hello, it's so-and-so there. I'd get sent next door. Your sister's on the phone. Oh, OK, I'll be over in a minute. She didn't seem to understand that, you know, the woman's on the phone waiting. And sometimes she was five minutes, which is quite a long time. And you'd hear her sister on the phone say, hello, hello, are you there? <laughs> so her dad would pick it up and say, yes, she's on her way. And then she'd sit in our hallway, because in those days the phone were always in the hall. I don't know why they were in the hall. She'd sit there on this sort of telephone table thing with a seat for half an hour or more, rabbiting on the phone. It was awful. And, you know, they had a lot more money than we did next door. Brother, sister and some other woman used to live there. And they all had plenty of money. He was an ex-headmaster. He wouldn't have a phone, I suppose, because he used our phone. Well, he didn't use it so much, but his sister did. I made myself a cup of coffee, which is rather nice. It's raining again, by the way. It's pouring with rain again. The wind's getting up. So I don't know what that's... Was it Louise? Whatever storm's coming in next, I don't know. There were hundreds of red phone boxes around back then, thousands, tens of thousands. Almost at the end of every street, there was a red phone box. And I remember before we had a phone at home, we'd walk down there. My mum would want to phone someone, or I would. We'd walk down there, I'd go with her. And there'd be a queue outside the phone box. Perhaps six, seven, eight people or more, all standing outside the phone box, waiting their turn. And some of them were moaning, well, how long is she going to be now? There were other phone boxes. I did say to one old lady once, I was waiting to use the phone, and I was ahead of her, and she said, your phone call was probably not important, can I go in front of you? And she pushed me out of the way. 
So I said, no. I said, my phone call is very important. I said, anyway, there's other phone boxes down the road. Talk about, what was it? Respect your elders, betters and el- better, an elder. She wasn't better. Most of the old people I knew when I was a kid, they were rude. They walk into a shop. I'm in a queue at the counter to buy my penny bangers to blow something up. Some old lady would come in and just go in front of me or even to the head of the queue. And of course, people didn't moan. They just thought, oh, we'll leave her, let her get on with it. Dreadful, really. We've got bonfire night coming up, haven't we, on Sunday. That's when you'll be listening to this, 5th of November. That's when you'll be listening to this, or hopefully you'll be listening to this. I've just had a couple of news flashes about firework night. They're cancelling firework night. Well, if I were a kid now and these days, I wouldn't have it cancelled. I go and buy some fireworks and go over the local park and blow things up. <laughs> Mind you, you can't buy them. Kids can't buy them these days. I don't know where they sell fireworks. Local supermarket used to. I don't know whether they do now. Firework night was great back then. Fantastic day. We'd build up for a week or two before. You know, we'd we'd build a bonfire. Oh, that reminds me. Apparently, I was talking to a friend of mine on the radio the other day, and he said down on the park or the beach area on the seafront where he lives they built a big bonfire the locals and the kids built a big bonfire do you know what happened it was set fire to and burnt to the ground i initially thought oh who's done that that's awful thing to do guess who did it the local fire brigade did it they turned up in their fire engine allegedly this is what he said set fire to it burnt it down and then hosed it all off and that was the end of that they deemed it to be dangerous or something. I mean, talk about spoiling fun. You know, what can we do these days? What can these kids do? That was a highlight of our November. Bonfire night. We'd go over the local field. We'd drag over there all sorts of old furniture. People would put old furniture out in the street. You know, old wardrobe, whatever they got, they stick it out in the, st- in the street on the pavement. And we'd go and grab that drag it to the field, (laughs) all us kids, drag these things to the field, wardrobes, dressing tables, old beds and all sorts, mattresses, you name it, chuck it on the fire. And it was fantastic. On bonfire night, we'd go over there. A lot of the kids had older brothers, so I didn't, I was the oldest. But we'd go over there with the older kids' brothers and they'd set fire to it, chuck petrol on it and the thing would explode. (laughs) And there's sticks and bits of wood flying everywhere. Kids getting injured, <laughs> but it was great fun. And we'd have a roaring fire that would just go on and on and on. Even in the morning, the thing's still burning. You know, we'd rush back the next day. The thing's still burning. But I suppose that's dangerous, isn't it? That's more fun that, uh, what was it, 40 Towers, John Cleese said to his wife. She mentioned something and he said, oh, that particular avenue of pleasure was cut off years ago. Oh, she was talking about gambling on the horses. He was going to put a bet on but he was hiding it from her. And when she accused him, he said, oh, no, no, that particular avenue of pleasure was cut off years ago. That's funny, that. He used to call her my little nest of vipers. She said, I'm going out in the car now, Basil. I won't be long. And he said, drive carefully, dear. <laughs> there we are. They only did 12 episodes of that. Did you get 40 towers around the world anywhere? Or was it just here in Britain? One of those programmes where you either love it or hate it. I loved it. There was another time she was having a few drinks with a friend of hers. And he said to her, why don't you have another vat of wine, dear? (laughs) A vat of wine. (laughs) Trisha's just called me for lunch. I shall be back in a minute. It's now Saturday afternoon. 
I don't know what's going on with this weather. We woke up to lashing rain and wind, then sunshine, then rain and thunder and lightning, and then brilliant sunshine again. And now, what have we got now? I don't know, it keeps changing. No wind at all now. The temperature's about 9 degrees out there. Uh, what's that, centigrade? Not sure in Fahrenheit. It's not warm, the heating's come on anyway, enough of all that nonsense. A little bit more nonsense. That's 48 degrees Fahrenheit, 9 degrees C. Right, okay, now, now, email from Susan. Hello, Susan, nice to hear from you. Susan mentions her first transistor radio was given to her as a present when she was 10 years old. I think I was 12 when I got my first transistor radio. The thing is, with Susan, the strap broke, a little hand one, you know, we hang it on your shoulder or something, and <laughs> the radio dropped to the floor and got broken. So it sort of spoilt the, the gift uh, somewhat. But thanks for that, Susan. Yeah, nice to hear from you. I think Susan's been watching one of the earlier episodes about ent home entertainment, was it? You know, the old tape recorders, record players, all that stuff. All the stuff that's gone now, sadly, these days. I know very few people who can play vinyl records. They've got vinyl, as I have. I've got loads of uh, old LPs, Rolling Stones, Hendrix, all that stuff. Trish has got a load of singles but we don't have any way of playing them. I recently got rid of our record deck because, well, we never used it. And also, there's no room. Where do we put it? Our dining room, where the, the big speakers and the amp and all the tuner and stuff, that's where the, all the gear is. There's no room for a record deck as well. Email now from Brent in Winthrop, Washington. Hello, Brent. Nice to hear from you. He says, in the United States, we also have extreme weather reports all the time. The weather media, you know, they keep raising the bar higher and higher to get attention. Politicians also do it. They call it dial it up to 11. First of all, something's great. Then that evolved into awesome. And then it's stellar. And then it's epic. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, Brent. Going to rain hard tomorrow. It's going to lash with rain tomorrow. There's going to be floods tomorrow. There's a monsoon tomorrow. Better build a Noah's type ark. <laughs> So that, that is exactly what I was talking about earlier, isn't it? All this, everything's exaggerated. And as Brent says, it's to get people's attention. If you just say, it's going to be a bit windy tonight, could be a little bit of damage, perhaps the old shed could lose its felt roof. People just think, oh yeah, okay, yeah, a bit of a breeze. Whereas if you say, structural damage, chimney pots flying everywhere, sheds lifted off the ground and flung up into the atmosphere, into the moon, then people might listen. <laughs> Isn't it awful, though, the way it's all gone? I don't know, stone the crows. I got caught out by a neighbour the other day. He said, what with all this wind, I worried about the caravan in our garden. And I said, oh, I didn't realise you had a caravan. He said, we didn't have one yesterday. It was a joke, I got caught. We didn't have one yesterday. Yeah, OK, it's been blown in on the wind. I fell for it. I felt such a fool. <laughs> That uh, email from you, Susan, that's reminded me. I'm looking at a couple of little transistor radios now. The one I used to take to school, put it in my inside blazer pocket. It was a small one, a very small one in a black leather case. And it was only long wave and medium wave. No FM, VHF back then. Well, there was, but not in tiny radios. And I used to keep it in my blazer pocket. And I had one of those little plug-in earphones, you know. They were pink with a pink twisted wire. How many of you remember those? And I'd, <laughs> I'd sit at the back of the class listening to the radio with this little earphone in. 
And a friend of mine, he did, I mean, I got told off, you know, you listen to that radio, and all this business, sent to the headmaster and all that nonsense. This friend of mine, he made out, he wore this little earphone thing all the time, whether he listened to the radio or not. In one particular class this was, I think it was RE, religious instruction. And the teacher, just in this one class, he thought it was a deaf aid. So he didn't comment, you know, this chap sitting there at the back of the class next to me, and he's, he's listening to the radio, and the teacher thought it was a deaf aid. Ah, oh dear, that was good. I couldn't get away with that because I only wore the little earphone, you know, when I was listening to the radio. But that was great fun. As I said, I'm looking at a couple of little radios now on the shelf here. I've had those for years, decades even. I don't suppose they're worth anything. But the one I had, I really missed that. That was a fantastic radio. The leather case it was in was really thick and it worked so well. Just in my blazer pocket, there we are. That's gone. I don't know, I've lost a lot of things over the... Have you lost stuff over the years? I used to lend people records, which was a dull thing to do in my teens, and I didn't see them again. I mean, most people would give them back, but there were a few records. I thought, well, where's that one gone? Who did I lend that to? I'm sure I lent it to someone. It's gone. One I remember vividly because I'd only bought it recently. It was uh, Jimi Hendrix, Band of Gypsies. And I lent it to this friend of mine. He wanted to record it on his reel-to-reel tape recorder. I never saw it again. My brother lent uh, a radio. <laughs> this was fun. It wasn't funny at the time. He lent a beautiful radio to a friend of ours. And this chap put it on the back shelf in his car. That's when cars had back shelves. They don't anymore. And he left it in the car all day while he was at work. It was a red-hot summer day. And this radio, the plastic case, it all melted. And this friend of ours, he didn't know what to do. My brother kept saying, where's my radio? You've got to bring my radio back. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll do that. And my brother said, look, I'll pop round and pick it up. No, 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 it's all right. And eventually, of course, this chap had to say, look, I'm sorry. There it is. It's a melted lump of plastic. <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time. But looking back now, it was funny. I didn't like borrowing things. What's that saying? Uh, never a lender or a borrower be or something like that. My father-in-law, bless him, he always used to say that. There is now, the the flag is wrapped round the pole. There is huge wind. Can you have huge wind? And a monsoon. There's a flood now in the road. <laughs> it's not funny. It's like the melted radio. It's not funny. We've got over 200, I've just seen it on the news, over 200 flood warnings in the south and southwest of the UK. Well, we're in the south southeast-ish. But there are floods everywhere. I don't know what's happening. Of course, the trees are still in full leaf because, you know, it's not they're not thoroughly into autumn yet. And look at that rain coming off the roof across the road. Stone the crows. This is ridiculous. Oh, blimey, I think we're going to lose our cherry tree in a minute. And the poor old flag. But the leaves are in full leaf, the trees are. And, of course, they're being uprooted. We've had several round here. Uh, last night, in fact, uprooted. It is actually, now it is difficult to see across the road, not because of mist, but because of torrential rain. I don't know, I don't know what's happened to the weather. It's all gone balmy. You won't believe this. The wind's dropped, the rain stopped, and the sun's come out. This is sort of a minute or two later. That's it. <laughs> Dear me. Anyway, let's move on. We've had enough of this weather. I can hear sirens now. Is that the cops? I think the cops are out in force. 
well, what cops there are left. We don't have many cops these days. Oh, that reminds me, another email from Harriet. Hello, Harriet. I think you've emailed before, haven't you? Several times in the past, over the years. Harriet says that their garden... No, I'm not, no, it's not funny, Harriet. Their garden flooded. Because I mentioned this on Wednesday, didn't I, about the weather. And she says their garden flooded. Luckily, it didn't go into the house. She said, but their shed is a very small shed and it floated. That you can't have anything in the shed, can you, Harriet? Surely for it to float. So that's uh, that's just not funny. Well, it is, but it isn't. What about all these trampolines? You know these kids' trampolines? They've been taking off. I don't know why people don't tie them down. You know, you've got a, a weather forecast saying, look, it's going to be windy, extreme wind, epic fail, and all that stuff. If you've got a trampoline in the garden or anything, tie it down. You've only got to get a piece of rope or a bit of old wire, a bit of cord, flex, and tie it to a fence post or something. There was a picture on Twitter the other day. One's landed on the railway line somewhere. So perhaps it is good that we have all these extreme-type weather warnings that might make people actually respond and do something before the wind hits. I don't know. I always prepare the garden. If they say it's going to be windy, I go out and have a look round and move stuff about just to make sure that nothing takes off. Now, going back to the 50s and 60s again, we didn't have plastic garden furniture. Actually, we don't now. We did have a plastic table and chairs. Awful. Dreadful it was. Uncomfortable. A little bit of wind, the whole thing blows over. The table blows over. Uncomfortable. Dreadful to look at. White plastic because it gets dirty after a while. You've got to keep cleaning it. In the old days, we had proper wooden table and wooden chairs. Really nice stuff. And if you treat it properly with you know, proper wood treatment and stuff, it lasts for decades. I remember on Tomorrow's World, they were saying, this is back in the 60s, there will be plastic furniture one day. And I'm thinking, what? Plastic furniture? You can't have plastic chairs. They'll break. Well, they do break. <laughs> As they get old, they get brittle and break. And they look awful, don't they? I like the good old wooden furniture in the garden. That doesn't blow away. That is incredible. The cherry tree now is hardly moving. The flag is just doing nothing. The wind stopped, the rain stopped, and the sun is bright. It's lovely. That's amazing. I've never seen rain that hard one minute and then sun and calm the next. That really is incredible. Did anyone listen to my or watch my ghost story video about Gwendolyn, the mysterious doll on YouTube? Tony did. Hello, Tony. He likes that. He said, is that true? Is it true? It's like my emails, Tony. None of them are made up. The ghost stories are based on true stories. They're based on true stories. I don't make them up. But I do add little bits here and there just to make them a little, <laughs> a little bit more interesting. But they're all based on true stories, Tony. I'm glad you're enjoying them. Great to hear from you. Well, our bonfire night is tomorrow. You would have thought it was last night with the row going on. Some of these fireworks these days, they are so loud. They're like real bombs. The explosions are awful. Now, a lot of the older people don't like it. Trisha's grandma didn't. Bless her, she's gone now. She couldn't stand firework night. It reminded her of the war. Hiding under the stairs, hiding under the table. She just didn't like the fireworks. And of course, animals don't. We don't have our rabbits anymore, as you know. They, they've all passed away now. We haven't replaced them. We were going to, we, the other day we were going to get a couple of rabbits. We drove past the RSPCA place in Brighton. 
we were going to, where were we going? Oh, Wooding Dean, we were going to, right past the RSPCA place. And I said to Trish, we've only got to just swerve in there, you know, get a couple of rabbits. And she said, oh, I'd love to, but we can't. We've got rid of the hutch. The brick-built hutch is all gone. The cage, everything, the outside run, it's all gone. We can't do that again. But we do miss them. We really do miss those rabbits. It's funny, isn't it? We've got the tortoise, Gary the tortoise. He's all right. They were talking on the news this morning about banning fireworks. Apparently, it's a lot of the firework things have been banned now or closed down. I don't know what they're doing. There was a big one at Lewis, back of Brighton there. A big firework every year, a huge bonfire and everything. And they were talking about kids buying fireworks and going out chucking fireworks around the street. And it reminded me of when I was young. That's exactly what we used to do. I think I've said before, you know, firing rockets from the front of our bikes. Fix a copper tube on the handlebars, stick a rocket in it and then light it. As you're cycling along, it would fire it down the road. We did all things like that, all sorts of dreadful things back then, sticking bangers down the handlebars, one down each side of the handlebars, cycling along, bang, bang. People in the street would jump, old, old ladies would shake their fists at us. <laughs> but we were kids, it was good fun. I, I can see why now all that's frowned upon. It's dangerous, isn't it? But when they were saying, oh, all day the children today, they do this, they do that, I thought, hang on a minute, you know, we were... We were doing that 60 years ago. That's nothing new. And I'm sure people were doing it 60 years before we did it. There we are. Funny old world. Have you got anything to say? Raise rants at protonmail.com. Where are we? 50 minutes now. Think about ending it. Uh, you won't believe this now. The sun's gone. It's lashing with rain. <laughs> but it's not windy. <laughs> what is going on? What's the weather like where you are? Raise rants at protonmail.com. Be great to hear from you. I think I said earlier, we got the eight-year-old grandson here for a week. We played uh, Cluedo last night. He won, <laughs> and so did Trish. Then we played, what's that? Doblo, is it Doblo? I quite like that. I won that twice. And then a, a card game where there's pictures on all these cards and you put them all face down. And you lift up one and it's a ball. Another one's a car. And you've got to match the pairs, you know, so you have to remember where they are. And our little grandson, he wins every time. He remembers where every single card is. I don't know how he does it. I wonder whether he's marked them. No, that's not possible, but he just wins every time. Have you got any stories about your grandchildren? If you've got any, it'd be great to hear from you. Right, that's it. I shall bore you no longer. Take care. Don't behave yourselves. Have fun. <laughs> Live dangerously. And I will see you on Wednesday with the midweek message. Bye-bye for now.